Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
a song. What a song. The Who, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all so much. There's been so much going on. Uh, the last time we had a show was obviously Saturday, KFNX AM radio. I'm sure you all tuned in. And we were also on air last Thursday and last Tuesday. Uh, we were not able to do a show last night because I had some other commitments and other things I was busy doing. So I wanted to give you guys a show today. And obviously, as usual, we will be doing a show tomorrow. Um, like always, I want to thank my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. You are all incredible. The show is listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site. The next N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA dot com, everybody. I, I will tell you, um, you know, I, I really hope, you know, I, obviously I haven't talked to some of you since the weekend, so I hope you had a great weekend. I hope it went accordingly. I hope it was fun. I hope it was productive. I hope it was everything it was supposed to be. I hope your week is going well so far. I hope wherever you are, you're happy and, uh, you know, you're feeling that uh, great, that great excitement. Because uh, I know I am. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, story after story this week, uh, we got a lot to address tonight. Um, definitely a lot to dive into. Uh, a lot of guests coming on tonight. We will be having Lieutenant Governor from, from South Carolina, Mark Robinson. And everybody knows who Mark Robinson is. He went viral uh, a couple years ago on a huge, huge video, uh, standing up for the Second Amendment, right? Uh, and he became this big, big, a popular, you know, person and, you know, now made a name for himself and God bless him. He's running for office and he's really wants to restore our, you know, Western civilization and traditional signature values, you know, what America was founded upon. So God bless him. We can't wait for that. Uh, we'll also be having uh, the president and executive director of Lifeline Children's Services, Herbie Newell, very popular guy doing a lot of great stuff right now for the kids and a lot of, a lot of people in the community. Um, we'll also be having, uh, popular reporter and columnist Scott Morfield. Uh, can't wait to talk to him. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to introduce my panel here shortly. Uh, more more uh, guests joining us later in the show, too. Uh, but, guys, you know, I have a lot of things I'm working on, uh, a lot of things coming up, a lot of things I'm going to be announcing, a lot of things that were on the back burner for a long time that I've really uh, been uh, putting a lot of time into as of, as of lately. So stay tuned for that. Um, you know, and, you know, I'll tell you, being on this platform with you, you know, being able to have this gift and have this honor uh, to shine my light and, and share uh, my insight and my knowledge, uh, you, you can't write something this good, you know. And I know I thank everybody every episode, but I think, like I say, too many broadcasters take this stuff and, and, and hosts take this stuff for granted. You know, they, they get on a roll, they get popular, and then they, they forget where, where their bread and butter comes from. They forget who made them uh, become a name. They, for, they forgot who made them, uh, you know, be, be, get to that level. So uh, I'll tell you, over 200 episodes. Tonight is episode 244, another week of the Rory Sauter Show. You know, I never thought I would, I would be doing this. Uh, you know, it just, like any other citizen, I was fed up, and I had to do something. I had to take action on, on what was really going on. In our, it's crazy times. It's crazy times right now. Uh, everybody, I do want to introduce the show. I believe he's with us. 
Um, oh, and I want to I want to say uh, just real quick, uh, the Rory Sodder show. Uh, we are going to be on AM radio in a lot more places. Um, that's going to be one of the announcements I'm going to be talking to everybody about. But there's a lot more stations that are going to be starting to pick up my show. Uh, I've been having a lot of good calls. So everybody stay tuned for that. So, you know, like I said, everything's evolving. Everything, you know, 2020 has been off to a phenomenal, fantastic start. Um, you know, I, it's, it's all nothing but uh, positive vibes, I'll tell you. I want to welcome, though, I believe he's with us. We have Todd McKinley, who's done a lot in his life. He worked in the White House, <coughs> retired U.S. Army paratrooper, and he's also almost certain he might be running in uh, Tennessee for U.S. Congress. What's up, buddy? Welcome back. Hey Roy, appreciate you. Hey buddy, we're 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 within uh, about a week and a half or, or less of announcing uh, a lot of lot of moving parts, uh, but those moving parts are, are becoming fewer moving parts as we put them in place uh, moving forward. And I'm I'm getting very excited. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to tip the uh, you know tip my hand just yet, but we're we're looking very good and we're getting excited. And uh, you know I can't wait for the announcement and I, and I hope to come on the show as soon as we announce and kind of let everybody know what we're doing. And of course, it'll be all over social media once we once we launch a, a campaign here in the next few uh, days or week and a half or so. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Look forward to it. And of course, looking forward to supporting all the great Republicans. Uh, you know that's running across the country. Uh, you know, especially Mark over in North Carolina, great guy. Uh, had to, had the pleasure of meeting him uh, about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, he came to Johnson City, Tennessee, and gave a great presentation. Uh, on the Second Amendment and other things as well as conservative values and things of that nature. He'll make a great lieutenant governor over North Carolina. I'm more than positive of that. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, Todd, as usual, I love having you with us. You're a good friend of mine, and you always bring a lot of value and and such great insight to the show, so thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Um, I do want to welcome, I believe he's with us, uh, the host of the Jim Price Show. What's up, Jim? Welcome back. How are you? Good, sir. Good. Thank you for having me on. I tell you, we've we've got a lot of uh, great things going on. I mean, think about where we are as a, as a country. We've got something that we can actually stand up and fight for that's not part of the deep state, not part of the cabal, not part of all the other crap. And we actually can be proud to be Americans again where we've been had to hang our head low when we had our former dictator we had. And Obama was bending at the waist to every world leader that we had to meet – and no wonder we seem so weak on the world stage because you've been in your ways to the Chinese. You've been in your ways to the Saudis. So, yeah, we've got something to be proud of. But I tell you what, if we don't get off our butts and vote, we're going to be right there looking at Bernie Sanders as being our next dictator in charge. I mean, we got to think about where these people want to take us. And we have to be careful that we don't let go of the freedoms and those individual liberties that we so proudly want to say are ours. But if you let a guy like Bernie get in there, that's your mistake for not getting up and voting. That's all we got to do, Republicans and conservatives, is bother get off our hineys and go out and vote. When we do that, we will make the change, hands down. It's, we are registered, and we know we can do it if we just get out there and vote. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I – obviously we see Bernie getting, you know, popular, but I don't think socialism – I think at this point I think it's a, a big attraction for young people – but I don't see yeah. it as being enough to win an election. I don't think enough right. people in America are stupid enough to, to go down this route. But I think he, we've seen his base. I mean, they stood, stood by his side, and 50% of them said if Bernie's yeah. not the nominee, 
they're going to stay home. They're not even going to bother to go out. They don't. They don't want anything well, but burgers. And, that's and, and, and to be honest, and to be honest with you, Jim, just real quick, you know, yeah, real quick, Jim, I just, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying that we see Bernie and his supporters, and you know, yeah. there's a lo- even though we don't agree with them, the loyalty there is unbelievable. I, you know, he's got the same sort of, you know, people that that Trump has in terms of. You know, right. the support, because it's the outsider. It's the outsider candidate. And, you know, Bernie has yep. all these things. And um, I, I hear the only thing I've never seen, I've never seen anybody running in the Democratic Party at this point. I mean, right now, at least, that has Bernie crowds that size. Obviously, Trump crowds are right. 100 times the size. But, you know, I think the DNC is going to try really hard to keep it away from him. We've seen how they I, want I that. somebody more in the middle. I think what they're going to end up doing is they're going to steal it from Bernie, just like they, they're not they're not too proud to go ahead and shuffle the deck and put Biden in. You watch tomorrow. Biden will somehow pull out a win, and somehow it's all going to turn around magically that he's going to start getting ahead or getting to even. And you remember the superdelegates are being involved in this. The superdelegates combined have more voting power than all the other delegates. So all they have to do is just want Biden more, and they're going to rob Bernie of it again and show that they're truly corrupt. The corruption that the Democrats are finally showing everybody after 30 and 40 years of them hiding it, saying they're all about the little people, all about the minority, all about this other crap, unions and all this other, while they weaken the, the, the minorities, and while they weaken the unions, saying they're, they're for the unions, they lied the whole time. But anyway, the idea is that they're finally showing who they are, and they will steal this from Bernie. They will literally do this just because that's what they do. And why is it that people are drawn to this, this kind of hypocrisy or this kind of corruption? I don't understand it. The Bernie folks are so passionate because they, you know, it's it's something to believe in that's different than Biden. Why wouldn't you want a Bernie that maybe had, might give you some free stuff? I mean, you got to like Santa Claus. No, I hear you. I hear you. And we've come to this big entitlement environment with all these people that think they're owed something and they don't need to work for it. And it's really a, a disgusting. Uh, epidemic, and, and you know it needs to change. But uh, Jim, I'm glad you could join us. Got a lot to get into tonight, um, and uh, we yep. always enjoy your insight. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Um, I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have activist Chris Bray. What's up, buddy? Hey, Roy. Doing great tonight. Glad you're with us. Welcome back. Hope everything's going well. I always enjoy having you on the show. Loving the conversation. Uh, I'm fixing to retire from 20 years of federal service and move more into the politics, uh, that whole world, once I get back home. Absolutely. Well, we need people like you in there, man. We need these pro, pro-Trump pro patriots. We, we really do. Um, but, yeah, Chris, a lot to get into tonight. Um, definitely looking forward to your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Um, everybody, so I, I'm going to start, as I always do, with the small stuff, and then I'm going to get into the big stuff um, and just go over various things that have occur- occurred and uh, transpired here in the last, like, week or so since we've been off the air. Um, but, yeah, and then, uh, as usual, everybody on the panel can get their thoughts, give their insight, and, uh, you know, I always love everybody's opinion. It brings a huge uh, situation and, and great value to the table for sure. Okay. 
Uh, let's start on this. And this is, this is huge. This is unbelievably – this is something that we should have done a long time ago, and it's long overdue. But the Trump administration – and I'm surprised. Well, we all know why past leaders didn't deal with this because all the special interest money, all the dirty donor money, all the people that, uh, you know, uh, the rhinos, the globalists, the, the, the people that uh, are, are making every bad deal that's against what America stands for, you know, with, with the illegals, with, the, with the, the, the foreign visas, with the cheap labor, and, you know, taking advantage of the system. And, you know, I'm all for cheap labor. I get why business owners do it. I get why, you know, people want to save money, people want to capitalize. But – you know, that, that excuse, that, that's just one. I mean, and they overdo that whole column as well, that category of people. I mean, you know, it, it's overflow, and it takes away from American people. But you have a whole other – you have all these other categories and all these other different uh, areas where people come in and totally, uh, you know, mooch off of us, the taxpayer, the everyday working-class citizen, you know, the, 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 and think about how easy it is. A woman comes here, has a baby, and then she can stay in the country. A woman comes here, she has a baby, and then she can stay in the country, and she gets financial support off of our dime. This, this is what politics has come to. It's no more we the people. You've got second-class citizens because of Democrat legislation that are getting better care and getting better treatment than wounded veterans. That actual, to be honest with you, then people that actually, pay, and also people that pay. It's it's become such a statement in the political realm, and it's become a, a pawn. These, these people, these these politicians are using these 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 foreigners for votes. Obviously, we know they want to give them driver's licenses. They want to give them every sort of voter identification. You know, they they want they want to make this happen. It's the driver's licenses, it's the, um, it's the social security, it's the uh, – think about the health care for all, too. I mean, think about that. I mean, it doesn't end, but Trump, anyway, long story short, he's rolling back and he's cutting back on the welfare-dependent immigration to the U.S. In other words, he, his policy and what he's putting forth on the table – is if you don't have if you don't have anything going for you in this country, then you're not allowed here. If you have something in place, if you have a job, you're actually going to do something worthy and and you know make yourself a productive member of society. Then yes, absolutely. But there's definitely a cap on this in terms of like you know we see how many people apply for these things, you know trying to come here, trying to take take advantage, all these scenarios, and uh, you know Trump's. Trump's put a, stop, a limit to that. You know, people can still come in. We encourage that, but it's not going to be to the extent like these previous leaders. I mean, they've overdone it. Think about how many illegal aliens are in the United States. And I'm not, you know, when we talk about illegal aliens, the, the left is under this assumption that we're saying that they're all bad and they, you know, and they all are, are losers to our society. That's not what we're saying at all. I absolutely acknowledge that people come here and work hard. But there, there's so many different factors that go into it. First of all, it's overboard. There's way too many. Second of all, it takes away from American jobs. Third, you have people cheating the system because they can do the whole cheap, cheap labor. I mean, they, 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 you know, I, I, I talk about this 
you know, this whole illegal immigration situation constantly and uh, how – but think about the years and years, how this has piled up. What do you have right now, like 22, 25 million, you know, illegals here, undocumented workers or whatever? It's quite a few. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, you know, Trump doing all this, saving taxpayer dollars, and, and he's getting to the smallest stuff. You know, this wasn't one of the biggest things. I mean, it, it is significant. It's important. We don't want people coming to the country and mooching off welfare, but it wasn't one of the biggest priorities when he first got into office. I mean, building a wall, stopping the illegal immigration inflow, but he's getting to every single thing that matters is my point. You know, this is on the smaller side. What, what I mean is this is on the smaller side compared to, like, building the wall or compared to, like, winning the trade war with China, but he's pointing out every single and, and, and taking action on every single detail. He's not leaving anything out, and I talk about it on my show all the time. He's delivered on 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill 10%. This guy's unreal. This guy's a miracle man. This guy makes it look easy, something straight out of the Bible, literally. Um, President Trump made a point uh, today, and he's asked. Well, I don't know if it was today, but I think it was the other day. But it was in the last like day or two. But anyway, he said President Obama should have absolutely have been impeached for lying about Obamacare. Think about what Obama did. Think about how he he went about things. Think about think about how he went into the situation. His exact words were, "You like your doctor, you can keep your plan." And think about all the people that were paying all this money. And let me remind every you know scumbag son of a bitch that thinks they're entitled to everybody else's stuff that, you know, stuff that everybody else, all the other stuff that they don't work for. Let's just, let's talk about the millennials. Let's talk about the, the scums. Let's talk about the slobs that get bossed around by their girlfriends and these little pussies who go around saying global warming is the biggest threat. You know, and, and they say, oh, they wear their little pussy hats to the feminine, smelly feminist rallies. I hate these mofos. I can't stand these guys. But, but let's get into this real quick. You know, these, these scumbags, you know, especially these slobs, uh, these professors, you know, they get taught by these professors who look like they haven't showered in about a month. You've got these people that teach all this socialist, communist, Marxist bullshit ideology. And I ask these professors, why don't you work for free? And these kids are so dumb that go to these colleges, their parents waste 50000 60000 a year, and they get indoctrinated with all this propaganda, these lies. And, you know, it's like, think about it. Like the PC culture, the 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 uh, I I could go on and on. You know the, these people are, are really the enemy because they don't care about anybody else. All they care about is getting their student loans paid off. They care about getting free health care. They want what isn't theirs, and they're envious and they're jealous and they're bitter and they're hateful and they know they're never going to be that successful and they know they don't want to work that hard. So what's the easiest way? Wine, pow cry, you know, be a little, be a little bitch, snowflake, and think about it. Think about what all the crying, what all the, the anger and outbursts and all these, what, what the political climate has transformed into. You've had these people, and it's, it's, it's the politicians, and it's the new age of, 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 of the youth. It really is, because think about the Obama years, and it's not just Obama's fault, but when Obama came in, and, you know, all these, these radical policies were put in place. And, you know, the, the going against the cops, the, 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 the coddling of the, of the universities. And I don't, I don't want to get too off topic here. But 
I, I'm looking at just at, 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 the, at the whole situation with, with what we've created, with, with these people in our environment, in our society. Nobody can take a joke anymore. Everybody has to cancel culture. Everybody has to be whine or, or cry and, and, and be offended. And they want to ruin people's lives over a joke. They want to ruin people's, you know, it doesn't end. But anyways, going back to this whole Obamacare, Trump saying Obama should be impeached, and why, you know, the, the only people that think this doesn't matter are the people that vote for Bernie Sanders, are the people that, you know, didn't, didn't, couldn't afford or didn't have private health care, the people that don't know what they're talking about or have never lived in the people's shoes that have actually worked hard. Think about it. Think about who the people that are trying to give us advice on guns. They're people that have never owned guns in their life. They've never even held a gun. They've never used one. It's the same kind of people that want free insurance. They've never paid for insurance in their life. So they're like, oh, yeah, give me, what's not, give me what I have not earned. And how are you going to do Medicare for all? How are you going to balance and regulate the universal bullshit? Think about what this entails. Have you ever been to the DMV? Have you ever flew Southwest Airlines? It's cattle call. Oh, here you go. Take a number. We'll see you in a couple days. If you think the VA is bad, if you think some of these places that are, you know, unorganized and are, and are broken are bad, wait till you have this. And Bernie and people like this don't even know how they're going to pay for it. At first, it was worth $57 trillion what they were going to ask, and now Bernie says he doesn't know. It could be more. Well, is the money going to appear out of, the, out of somebody's ass? I'm curious. It's ridiculous, dude. This is ridiculous. Like, there's no – you can't justify or, or make excuses for something so idiotic. There's only so much you can say and do, you know. I mean, think about what the def- – think about how socialism has failed in every single place it's ever been tried. Every single place. There's no simple way of doing it. There's no – you can't sugarcoat it. You know, wow, guys, wow. Um, so President, now I want to bring this up. Uh, President Trump uh, today blamed Paul Ryan for negative coverage on Fox News, and he didn't blame him for the entirety of the situation. He made an example. He made a point of principle. When you have rhinos like Paul Ryan on the Fox News board, it's not good for what our agenda is. Paul Ryan's a globalist. What the Trump administration, what America wants to get back to right now, is nationalism, capitalism, you know, not, not coddling people like Michael Bloomberg. You know, and Fox News is like our only reliable, honest source where we can get a real feel for what's going on. Because like I say on my show all the time, 97% of the media is controlled. 97%. We got that 3% that is actually honest with us, that actually tells us the truth. Think about it. You know, we can't – and the independent outlets, too. I mean, shows like mine, other, all these other great Americans that are doing huge services to our country, we need to go down that, down that road. Because I'll tell you, with these corporate media companies, it's one-track-minded. It's one-dimensional. It's alternate universe. They, they are all about money and what they think their sheep will be – appeased, uh, you know, get appeased by, that, that will actually be appealing, and it will actually get them, you know, glued to the screen. So, like I said, 
Paul Ryan and all these people at Fox News, you got the Neil Cavutos of the world, you got the Napolitanos, you got the, uh, you know, who's the other, who's the guy that's up, Chris Wallace, you know, and, it's, and I feel like it's just going to get worse at Fox News because you got the Rupert Murdoch boys, the boys, the, the sons now, who are a lot more liberal than their father, kind of, you know, orchestrating things. And, you know, a lot of this dark money rules everybody. You know, when, when people are throwing money down your throat, these advertisers, after a while you can only, you, can only, you know, keep them away for so long until they have full um, control over you. This is dangerous territory. A lot of people are turning to OAN. A lot of people are turning to OAN. And think about how Paul Ryan was so against Trump. Never said one thing about positive about Trump. You know, all acting when he was around Trump. It was never sincere, Paul Ryan. And he was Mitt Romney's running mate. Mitt Romney is a scumbag. Mitt Romney is not a real Republican. We need to – there needs to be some sort of law. I, I tell you guys that where we can vet – Every single person running to make sure – I don't know what we do, how we do it. I, I don't have those answers, but I don't want rhinos anymore. You know, there has to be some sort of test or something. These people have to go through a background. I mean, because all they do is add to the swamp. All they do is make our problems worse. Crazy stuff. Um, okay, so this is interesting, and I, and I actually like where this is going. Uh, Tim Scott – and I love Tim Scott. He's a fantastic senator, uh, South Carolina. You know, in my strong opinion, probably one of the most authentic, one of the most genuine, kind-hearted dudes. It's very smart. Uh, we're lucky to have him in there. I, I think, like I said, I think he's one of the greats uh, currently. Uh, but he says at this point, he thinks in 2020 that uh, black support for Trump is going to be up to 50%. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can you imagine Winning, going from 8% of winning in 2016 to obviously we saw a poll as recent as a couple months ago where he had about 38, 39% of black support. God, can you imagine, guys, if he actually gets up to near 50 or a little more? I mean, once he got 30%, the Democrats were done. Once he got 20% of the black vote, the Democrats were done. Because the Democrats need 90% of the black vote to actually function and succeed in elections. They're screwed. They are screwed. Screwed. And we all know at this point in time, you know, the only enthusiastic candidate uh, with, with, with certain I, – on the left, you know, they keep asking me on the left, you know, who do I think the most enthusiastic, most appealing candidate to the voters on the left is? And I think Bernie. But I don't think Bernie has a prayer against Trump. But I think Bernie, if you're going to put anybody side by side in that Democratic Party, who would win with popularity – I'd say Bernie, is, but unless they're going to rig it, though. They're not going to give it to Bernie. But regardless, nobody, including Bernie, can beat Trump. There's no way. When have we ever seen a president with this, when, when they have this good of an economy ever lose an election? It hasn't happened since World War II. The economy is the number one priority. You know, I admit, obviously, this whole social justice warrior epidemic has created a disruption and has become more of uh, a voter issue than it should be. Uh, but no, it's not significant enough to, to take any sort of uh, votes away from, from our president. Absolutely not. You know, uh, a lot of people are waking up to how far the, the social crap has gone way too far. I mean, you know, it's okay to be socially liberal. I'm socially liberal on certain things. I think marijuana should be legal. I think, you know, 
They ask me about gay marriage. I say, you know, I don't even think about it. I don't care. Uh, just keep it away from the church. Uh, there's other things I'm socially liberal on, but, you know, and so is Trump. Trump is very socially liberal, uh, but he's also the best guy ever for the economy. I, I'm not going to say very socially liberal, but he's pro-policy. I, I would say that, you know, Trump is, is all about America. He'll work with anybody on both sides. We've seen too many leaders from the past that have been too jaded, have been too owed to their special interests and their donors, where they don't go across these other sides of the aisle. And, you know, but really the, the open mind, mindness and, and the, 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 the ideas being thrown around and how he's willing to and, – and I'll say this again. The reason he's so successful is because he can bring people together. He's got that gift of gab. He really does. And that's why, you know, you're seeing all these remarkable changes. You really are. Um, you know, but getting back to this whole black supports for Trump, I mean, have you ever seen any sort of movement like – I never have with any leader, especially on our side. I mean, obviously, Obama was very popular with Democrats. But in terms of Republicans, if Trump can actually pull this off, he'll get triple or quadruple what any other past Republican president has ever gotten with the blacks. I mean, but think about how much Trump has given time to the black community. A lot of the past Republicans haven't really given much time or effort because they really – they think it's – you know, they're, they're, they, they don't know how to get through. But Trump, he speaks to us like we're human. We're, he's not a polished politician. He's not somebody that goes into a room and prepares what he's going to say. He, he, he wins it pretty much in a lot of ways. He speaks out of his heart. He speaks out of his mind. He speaks what we're all thinking. And you haven't had that. I mean, look at all the people that support him, and this really speaks volume in the black community and carries weight. When you got people like Tiger Woods, who many people in the black community look up to, the best golfer of all time, you've got Mike Tyson, who's very much says he supports Trump, best, perhaps the best boxer of all time. Floyd Mayweather on video multiple times saying that he likes Donald Trump, the best boxer obviously currently. Um, who else? Uh, there's some other big ones, Kanye West, perhaps the great, and I, I've been a Kanye West fan since 2004 and people, you know, haters tried to tell me, Oh, Rory, now you think Kanye West is the greatest artist because he supports Trump. No. Why don't you go back to look at some of my social media, 2006, 2007, 10, over 10 years ago, I was seeing Kanye West in concert. I've been a fan of him since day one. And many people, even after, even people that don't agree with his political views, have said that he's arguably one of the greatest. He's arguably one of the greatest of his generation in terms of talent, in terms of being a musician. And don't forget, he's made hundreds of millions being in that spot in the music industry. But he's also made way more money, and he's one of the most popular. But think about this: he's made way more money as a businessman. This is the kind of guy. These are the kind of minds who are who, who know they get it. Like Trump says, they get it. You know, Kanye West has made billions. Probably almost billions, like hundreds and hundreds of millions. I think it's almost to the billion mark with his Yeezy line, with his clothing line. But, guys, people listen. Because Kanye, think about this. Mike Tyson, Kanye, Floyd Mayweather, they came from the ghetto. They came from the worst of the worst. They know what it's like. You know, they're not like white mama Obama from a white neighborhood. You know, biggest phony to ever walk in the office. These people are actually legitimately black. They know. And, uh, you know, I, I really think it's nice. It, it, it's nice to watch. I, I'm really I'm – lo- I'm loving what I'm wa- seeing right now. And think about it. The lowest black unemployment ever. Remember what Trump said? What do you have to lose if you vote for me? <laughs> well, look, what, look, look at abracadabra. Obama said magic wand. Well, white mama Obama, here's your magic wand. Now go crawl in bed with your smelly, 
manly, masculine linebacker wife. I can't stand you. You guys are despicable. You guys are, are the biggest, most disgusting, smelliest. I, I could name every word, most repulsive, vile, hairiest, grossest. Oh, my God. To ever walk into that White House, you guys are a disgrace. And I know I get on these rants. I know I get kind of – but you know me? You know what people love about me? You know what people respect about me and my show is that I don't care about offending people. I say what's on my mind. Everybody that knows me in my daily life, they're like, oh, how could you say that? Well, you know what? Because I, it's me. It's who I am. I, I get right to the point, and I hate people that try to, you know, oh, they hold back, or they don't want to offend anybody, or they like to stay silent. You know, they keep, come on, guys. We're tw- it's tw- 2020. If you can't speak now, then you can never, come on. And, you know, it's come to this point in our environment where friends of mine can't even go out there and say that they supported Trump because they're worried that they're going to get their car keyed or they're going to get their fam- their families are going to get attacked or their jobs are going to be disrupted. This is – think about it, guys. Think about it. Think about it. And this is what Obama created. The Obama created – you know, Barack Hussein, white mama Osama, created the war on police. He created this entitlement skin color, you know, Black Lives Matter, smelly feminists, all these dumb groups that have no, like, and you talk to them, and you have all these Antifa members that, oh my God, they live in their mother's basement, they smell, they're, they're sloppy, and they, most of them have never finished high school. You know, and they have nothing going for their lives. It's sad. It really is sad. Okay, um, so our PC culture has gotten so out of control and it, 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 it really is to the point where it's bothering me. Like, I, I'm upset by parents letting their kids decide their sexual orientation at 12 years old. I mean, you, you, at 12 years old, you're still watching cartoons. You're still playing with action figures. You're not thinking about sex. It's not, that shouldn't even be in the discussion. That shouldn't even be on the table. But the left has made this a political push and made this part of their whole New World Order agenda that they've created these hundred genders, they've, you know, exploited children, they've indoctrinated them with all these false philosophies and beliefs, and have totally, think about the brainwashing. If you don't agree with it, you're immediately called a racist, a bigot, or a Nazi. Uh, They try to say you're child abuse if you don't let a kid decide whether he's a girl or a boy at 11. I mean, come on. You know, you got Hollywood actors now, and you've got, you know, Dwayne Wade. Um, I'm sure everybody knows the story. Dwayne Wade's got a kid, whatever the hell he is now. I don't know. You got the pronouns, the he, she, all the different bullshit going on, and, and it's it's so it's such cancer. It's so it's so fatal for 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 us as a country. And we see how all these other countries, when they get politically correct, it immediately starts getting destroyed. People start going to jail. People can't have free speech. People can't say what's on their mind. But anyway, Dwayne Wade and all these other stars, Charlize Theron, um, who else? Um, I, I, I could go on and on. There's quite a few, but I, you, you get my point. They're letting their kids decide. And, this is, and they, obviously we know that these people vote far left. But look at the millions of people that look up to these Hollywood celebrities or these basketball players and then start normalizing it, and then start actually – but obviously there's quite a few that look up to these people, and then they start seeing this, and they're like, 
what the hell? You guys have changed. What are you guys getting yourselves into? This is just nonsense. But I'm telling you, it's an epidemic. These high-profile people use their platform for the wrong reasons. Like Dwayne Wade doesn't stick to basketball. Charlize Theron doesn't stick to acting. Instead, they want to try and get every other parent to raise their kids like they are. That's their ultimatum. That's their objective. It's all part, it's all part of their, their – this. think about it. Think about it. Why would they make it so public? Why would they feel the need to talk about it? Like I don't go around asking people their sexual orientation. When you start talking about it, making it my business – then we got a problem because I don't ask. I don't care. But you guys want to be victims. You guys want attention so bad. And, you know, there's a lot of great gay Republicans, awesome people. And I even know gay Democrats that, you know, but I also know far-left Democrats that are gay that want everybody to know their sexual orientation, that want to be a victim, that want to place themselves in this, these boxes, that, you know, it, it, you can only say, I don't know when enough is enough. I mean, this is just. This is looked at as insanity. But anyways, you have a guy, a rapper, very faint, very popular in the, in the community of rap, named Boozy Badass. I know, very, very unique, creative name. Um, you know, he, he's not a Trump supporter per se, but he's fed up with this whole transgender thing and this chick with dick thing. And he spoke out about it at a Planet Fitness, and a worker there overheard him. And they said, you have to leave. You can't disrespect the transgender community like that. And apparently there was somebody in the transgender community working at Planet Fitness. So you now have people in, a, in an environment that aren't letting people talk about or do whatever they – or think about whatever they want while they're working out, minding their own business. This is what it's come to. And he was talking about Dwayne Wade letting his kid, you know, do this stupid shit. And that's apparently offensive. Well – I would say 80% of America thinks it's weird, regardless of a political affiliation. Yes, you've got that certain amount on the side of the left that, you know, thinks it's normal and they start clapping for it. But you've got people on the left that are like, dude, slow down. And, like, where, where are you guys going with this? What's the end game? Because it's just insane. And like I said many times on my show, this is just the start of it. They do this, and then they push pedophilia. Then, you know, look at the drag queen story hour. Look at the hundred different genders. Look at, you know, uh, the tranny uh, suing a porn company for discrimination because she wanted to be a girl in a porno, but she had a dick, and they, they're, she's calling it hateful. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. These people are. And then what about the one in Canada? What about the drag queen in Canada that wanted her um, uh, below wax, uh, but since it was a transgender, they didn't want to give her service, which is absolutely the business's right, the company's right to do so, to refuse service. But then, you know, they do a hate crime. All these people become offended. They file these lawsuits. It's so dumb. So dumb. Um, okay, let's see here. So here, here's something. And, you know, this is really a slap in the face and, uh, to conservatives. Uh, we've looked up to this guy for the longest time. Uh, Clint Eastwood has recently come out, among many others, uh, and, you know, not, not saying Michael Douglas was a conservative ever, but uh, Clint Eastwood and Michael Douglas, among others, are now endorsing Michael Bloomberg. And I want to really focus here on Clint Eastwood because he's, the, he's supposed to be the poster guy for, for our party. We've looked up to him for the longest time. He's always been vocal, uh, strong advocate for the Second Amendment. He's always 
believed in old school principles. He's always loved Western civilization. He's loved our traditional values, our signature um, beliefs that we were that this country was was based up, you know, off of. Um, and uh, he's always pretty much supported the Republican candidate in the past. And uh, now he's really got me concerned. It kind of puzzled a little bit. Um, and uh, just goes to show it. I don't think he really um, is all who he says he was. Uh, this guy, you know, for the longest time, Hollywood tried to critique him, go after him uh, because he was, you know, supposedly a conservative. But voting for somebody like Michael Bloomberg, and we all saw how he spoke for Romney in, <coughs> in 2012. Romney's a rhino. Romney's a globalist. Starting to make me think that Clint Eastwood, you know, you can't endorse Michael Bloomberg and still expect to be looked at as, as a Republican or a conservative. And you know why Clint Eastwood said he doesn't want to vote for Trump or he doesn't support Trump? Because he's offended by Trump's tweet, and he thinks Trump should talk a little more polite. This is the same Clint Eastwood that said a couple years ago that everyone needs to stop acting like pussies and stop being so politically correct. So what's with the shift, Clint? What's going on here, buddy? And I don't want to spend too much time about this, on this because, you know, to be honest with you, I don't go to Hollywood to get my political uh, views. I don't go there to get, you know, I don't, I don't look and see what they're saying about candidates. Uh, you know, it's just not for me. I, I watch movies to get away from politics. I don't care what athletes endorse Trump because I watch sports to get away from politics. But, you know, I just wanted to make this point, you know, and, um, you know, we, we, we really um, are, are, are really noticing this whole – I mean, it's so toxic, Hollywood, and, and how, they, how they come out and – oh, my God. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So, you know, the, the, the Obama this – is, this is mind-blowing, and this, is, this all goes into the whole DNC and what the deep state is and what the swamp entails and – how these people operate and how dirty they really get their hands. And these people will go to whatever level. They'll go to whatever extreme. They, and, and, you know, it's never enough for them. And if you, you go against them, you question them, they'll get you. They're part of, of, of all the, these, these people in, in, the, in the government, the World Bank, and, you know, the CIA, the, the FBI. You know, it goes on and on. But anyway – an Obama Department of Homeland Security whistleblower was found dead with gunshot wounds. Here we go again. Reminds me with a gunshot wound to the chest. It reminds me of a, of a Vince Foster thing. And they have, you know, officially uh, at first they ruled it. News outlets should have never reported this, but they ruled it a suicide. And it got everybody wondering. And then the report, the, um, was it the coroners or the investigators came out and said, how dare you guys? It's not a suicide. We're still looking into it. So, guys, a lot of really things here that are fishy that don't add up, that, that, that don't. I, I, just, I, I am one of those people that when you see it more than once and it keeps happening, you know, it's not a conspiracy thing. You've got to keep questioning it. Look at Vegas. Look at 9-11. Look at all these things that, you know, look at Vince Foster. Look at um, all these people. You know, Seth Rich. You know, any, it's like anybody that has information, anybody that testifies, anybody that, you know, wants to do the right thing, ha have any sort of humility or proper ethics, gets erased. 
You know, I don't want to jump to anything too much yet because obviously these are new reports. You know, we're still in the early stages, but it's concerning. It really is concerning. This guy found what? Found on the side of the highway or something in some small town? Come on, dude. You know, and, and they do it when there's distractions in the media. This is, you know, or time goes by and they have their ways. They've got their henchmen. And think about the Seth Rich situation. He still has his wallet on him. He still has everything on him. Everything. Still had all the stuff on him. And they didn't take a damn thing. They just killed him. All his jewelry, cell phone. Yeah, the stuff doesn't add up, guys. Okay, um, I want to I make this quick announcement. This is really cool. And think about how often we've struggled with this as a country and the everyday middle-class worker with prescription drug costs. I mean, it's been one of the highest priorities for the longest time. And, you know, politicians have said they're going to do something about it, but they never do. You know, it's talk, 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 talk. But uh, within the last year, just in the last year, White House has announced that drug prices are, have dropped by 11%. Highly beneficial, highly significant. Uh, every little bit helps. You know, they, they, these are putting this is putting more money back into people's pockets. Um, it's allowing people to get more access easier to drugs, and uh, I think it's something that should be strongly praised. Because meanwhile, while the media is focused on all these pointless narratives, um, you know, th- this stuff I don't think is being reported enough. But you know, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. You, you got, can't let big pharma get away with all this crap. You can't let Big Pharma run the world like they have. You know, I, I'm all for capitalism. I'm all for – I love it. I love the American dream. But these, these companies are greedy. These companies, you know, get away with murder. You know, there's not and – and I don't like regulations per se, um, but there needs to be something. I, I don't know what needs to be done, but it's just – it's out of control with these pharma, these pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies. Um, so I want, I want to bring this up. The left has gone so far – and it's like what I said earlier about trying to influence kids at a young age and telling them how to live their life and how to, you know, if they want to be gay at nine, they can. And, for instance, Pete Buttigieg had this nine-year-old boy come out to one of his town halls the other night, and the kid's saying that he's gay. I mean, and I'm thinking, how does this kid know at nine years old that he's gay? And Pete Buttigieg is trying to have, give him advice on how to come out of the closet. You're talking about a little boy. And Pete Buttigieg, to remind you, is a hypocrite. He didn't come out of the closet, I don't think, until he was in his 20s. So how can you relate? How can you give advice? Or how can you indoctrinate this kind of crap of somebody else? And you can't tell me this wasn't planned. And anybody, go watch the clip. It's disgusting to watch. It, it's all, yeah, it just goes into everything I say. I mean, go look at this crap. Go, Really? It, it, it's, it really is. And, and I wanted, I meant to like put that in with what I said earlier, but I just wanted to kind of mention that. It's it literally, this stuff shouldn't be happening to our youth. You know, we, we don't want soy boys. We don't want wimps. We don't want, you know, people that are completely misled. You know, and, and it's half these people that are set, set, you know, these kids that say they're gay or whatever, or they're not, but they're being fed it. Jesus. Okay. Um, I want to. I want to bring this up. So, I the Harvey Weinstein verdict came out the other day, 
And it's one of those things. You know, we're happy for the victims, obviously, because, you know, he is a predator. But think about the business of Hollywood. Think about the casting couch, how that's been around for as long as we can ever remember. Think about all the women that spread their legs, drop to their damn knees for movie parts or to, to you know, get more money. I mean, these, these women are determined. You know, they'll let you do whatever you want to them. Trump's right. You know, when you're powerful and when you're good looking, they throw themselves. Well, Harvey Weinstein isn't good looking, so I'm not going to give that example. But he had all the money in the world. He had all the power in Hollywood. But Trump, you know, when Trump said, grab him by the pussy, was he wrong? No. You know, and this is how the industry in a lot of ways works with people like Harvey Weinstein. And I'm not saying that there, you know, weren't women that, you know, there obviously were women that said no, but there's women that say they were raped by him, but actually said yes, but now they're just crying about it for so many different reasons. Obviously, they want attention. They want to fit into the Me Too trend. They, they want to, you know, grow their brand. You know, think about the lawsuit payout that they're getting. He's, you know, I'm not defending this guy. So I don't want to get freaking any mail from anybody or online saying, oh, how could you defend such an animal? I'm not. This guy is a jerk-off. He's a scum. But he's also, you know, he's played. There's so many other, I think, worse people or people just as bad. Think about the guy that the FBI just raided his office. I forget his name. He's a clothing designer. Uh, they raided his New York City office. Uh, think about all these people involved with pedophilia in Hollywood and rapes. And think about um, who there were such different big names, Oliver Stone, um, Tarantino. There were so many people. And the Me Too movement, obviously we know half of it is bullshit, but half of it is real. But sadly, there's too many people that lie to really, you know, let everyone see their, see their day in court in justice because you can't believe uh, every single situation, especially when you have known people that fabricate the truth. And it's, it's really the Me Too thing would have never started. Think about this if it wasn't for President Trump. He, he, made, this, he made this happen. You know, he, he shined light on what Hollywood was doing that was bad, and it's still coming out. We see more revelations constantly. So, and, and I, you know, I, I love how the transparency is more and more visual with, with what we've been missing. You know, think about what Hollywood wants. You know, they want the very rich, and they want the very poor. And, you know, they, they are the definition of rules for radicals. You look at the rules for radicals playbook, Chalinski, and Hollywood, I mean, they, they act just like them. They act just like them. They really do. But, you know, this Weinstein thing, you know, I, I, hope he, I hope he does a good amount of time in jail, and obviously he is. He was found guilty. Um, but uh, there needs to be more of these people exposed because Harvey Weinstein is just the tip of the iceberg. A lot, lot more out there. Um, you know, left, leftist outrage, uh, you know, we're seeing these days, everybody has to be offended by something. Every single person has to be offended by something, whether it's the church, whether it's comic books, whether it's movie characters, whether it's songs, whether it's, I, I mean, you, you could go on and on, music, music, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't end. 
Um, and you have leftists that want to cancel culture. They want to cancel Chick-fil-A. They want to cancel, you know, people that they want to cancel the NRA. You know, you can't, you can't make this crap up. These people are so off the wall. These people are so in another universe. And, uh, you know, now they're trying to get the village people. Oh, yeah, very iconic band. Great band. Everybody knows the village people. Y-M-C-A and Macho Macho Man. They're try- anyways, they're trying to get village people to stop playing uh, – Trump to get the village people to stop playing their songs at his rallies. I mean, this, this is where people's priorities are. You know, people don't care about policy. They care about the village people, YMCA and Macho Man, playing at the Trump rallies. And God bless the village people for defending Donald J. Trump. You know, those guys are quite the characters. Um, I do like their music. And, uh, you know, but think about this. Out of everything going on in the world, headline news, village people defend Trump playing their songs at his rallies. After leftist outrage. <laughs> what? What? I'm just like, what? A, what? What the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on here? Um, let's get into the main thing, though. Uh, obviously, guys, we're running a little behind. A lot, a lot of people to get to tonight. But the coronavirus. The corona, corona, corona. You know... What uh, what a show! What a complete shit show! I mean, this is a, a disaster. Uh, it's it's getting to be, be out of control. I mean, you look at where it's ended up, where it's landing, where it, 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 it's you know becoming. Think about China. Think about, and it's only going to keep moving. I mean, people. The problem I see is too many people are standing still. Too many people are naive. Too many people are oblivious. Too many people are sitting back relaxed. Do not, do not think for one second that this was not set up by a foreign government. I agree with Rush Limbaugh. This is to get back at Trump. There were a lot of things that never worked. Think about it. Russia never worked. The, the, the Charlottesville hoax never worked. Ukraine never worked. You had all these other people, uh, you know, uh, Cohen. I think about all these people that tried to bring down Trump. The taxes, they tried to get for him for, you know, his taxes. I mean, whatever. His Twitter, they want to impeach him for his Twitter. So nothing works. So they're always on a new fixation. They're always on a new obsession. These people cannot get the thought of, of removing Trump out of their head. So what do all these globalists, all these leaders do? They're all in bed with each other. All these governments are working with these radical leftists. Think about how many times Adam Schiff, think about how many times Maxine Waters, think about how many times Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Now, I'm not going to have been involved with government. I'm not going to say they're directly involved on this, but think about how we've won the trade war with China. Think about how we've been winning all over the world. What, what's the only way? I can't think of, of how you can get back at the U.S. any other way than start killing their people. I mean, they're, they're sending – this is like an aid scare from the 80s. And, it's, and think about the people like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, the elites that fund these, these, these outbreaks, these, these testing on medications in these foreign countries. This, this stuff is not that, something that just accidentally happens. How can you just sit there and say, oh, well, coronavirus yeah, just sort of happened? No. They're losing on the world stage. They're losing on the global level. They see how powerful the U.S. is. Think about it. 
I, and I don't, I don't think this is much of a conspiracy, to be honest with you. I don't have that answer 100%, but Rush Limbaugh made a good point. He made a very, very good point. It's being weaponized, quote-unquote, to bring down Trump. And there, you know what? Here's another thing. Is the left is, you know, they, it's never enough for them. Trump has taken action on this, but they still cry and say he's not doing enough. You know, it's like if he cured cancer, they'd ask about diabetes. Like they don't, you know, the, the satisfaction level is disgusting. It really is with these people. Um, okay, last thing, and then we're getting to the headlines, then we're getting to the guests. I can't wait. Um, biggest headline of the night, obviously, uh, for me, uh, is the, the con. You know, no, actually, actually, before we get to this, I want to say real quick. So the Democratic platform at this point should have everyone rolling over and, and, and pissed, especially if they know what socialism and communism really entails and what it actually means. You can't tell me any place where it's ever worked. They've tried it every single place. Venezuela, not every single place, but a lot of places. Venezuela, Greece. It, 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 you, know, you think about Sweden. These places don't – it doesn't – all it does – and look at look at places like um, um, what's what's the place um, that was oh, I forget, but it was a perfect example. But you guys, they try to change the name, like Bernie will say, and all these people, Democratic Socialism, and there's no way, there's no fancy way of saying it. You have millions of people that flee these countries and leave because it's killing them, but somehow you have these ignorant and dumb and uneducated. People in America that want it so bad. You have these professors who shove it down people's throats and say how good it is. Which I, I don't get. And, and these people that are say they're moderates, like the Pete Buttigiegs and the Amy Klobuchar, they're not because if you were a moderate, you wouldn't be giving health care to illegal aliens. You you wouldn't be giving slavery reparations. You wouldn't be giving the whole pregnancy abortion at nine months. But Bernie Sanders coming out blatantly, maliciously praising China and Cuba. He says they've had some good programs. Well, what's good about killing millions of people? Praising Fidel Castro. I'm, I'm confused, Bernie. And you know what? I get some of your colleagues called you out for it, but quite frankly, it's where we were headed with Obama. It's where, I mean, really, it's where we were. And I, 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 it, it, think about how they want to take everybody else's wealth. They want to take everybody's money. And, and I, I don't know how you could praise that. I don't know how you could actually sit there with a straight face. And, yeah, I, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyways, the, the main thing tonight um, is President Trump over the weekend. Uh, India. He was in India over the weekend. Absolutely phenomenal. I uh, get hundreds of thousands of people come and see him. Come and see him, and, and you, know, you, you can't make this up. And people want to say he's racist and all these things. And uh, one of the biggest crowds of any world, if not the biggest crowd of, of any world leader of all time in India. It, it, you should have saw this. And what he's doing with all these leaders and what he's doing with the world and how he's creating this amazing environment and all these unbelievable trade scenarios and, and this economic wealth. 
and, and these opportunities for factories and workers and, and you know, look, but look at, it, you know, on the deficit going down and wealth coming back and, um, you know, just look at the jobs that were and, – and all the teamwork. And you have all the unity. Like Moody and Trump get along so well. There's so, so much chemistry there. And um, there's a big new deal coming with India, Trump announced. Like a couple hundred billion would it be. Um, you know, and this is stuff that he's doing that he doesn't have to do. But he's doing it for us because he loves us. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of trips coming up. Obviously, he's doing rallies. And I don't know how this man does it. He's got more energy than God. I mean, this guy, yeah, I, you know, he's, he's always on the move. Every single day he's delivering for us. He's doing four, sometimes four rallies in, in a city, in, in different cities a day. I mean, the, he goes all around, you know, sometimes three, four speeches a day. Miracle, miracle worker. Um, let's go to let's go to Todd. Todd McKinley, go ahead. Hey, Roy, you unpacked a heck of a lot of stuff there, my friend. Uh, I'll, I'll just hit a few topics here, and if if I miss something, just prompt me and tell me what you, what I think about a certain topic. Uh, with Buttigieg, for example, I mean, bringing a nine-year-old kid on the stage, a, you know, a kid who could, can't decide whether he wants to play with Hot Wheels or video games, you know, for, for real. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really pathetic. And, it, and, of course, whether or not it was staged or not, I mean, you would think that it was, it was staged. And, and I can tell you, having done a lot of these events uh, like this over the years, uh, you know, this is something his advanced team knew uh, they were going to do. So this was something that was, that was in the making, if you will. Uh, and to try to prompt this little kid to kind of come out and to try to prove some sort of point, it, it makes no sense. It's like, let the kid be a kid. Whenever he's an adult, whenever his brain's fully formed or whenever he's, a, you know, in his late teens and decides he wants to come out, if he is, in fact, gay, by all means, let him, let him do that on his own time. But you, you, don't, you don't sit there and put a kid on, you know, on, on the spot like that and essentially make him feel obligated to, to, to agree with you or go along with something. Uh, you know, to me, that's a, that's a kind of a, a form of abuse. And if you think about it, if Donald Trump brought a little kid on stage, a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old or even a fifteen-year-old, uh, the left would be losing their mind if if uh, if he was saying, "Hey, uh, am I doing a good job as your president? Am I helping make America great again?" They would lose their mind and, and flip out about it. Uh, but Buttigieg is trying to have a kid come out of the closet or or come out and say he's gay. Kid doesn't know again, like I said, which toy to play with. So that's just completely ridiculous, and and that's nothing against gay people at all. Uh, that's just that's just a pathetic little game that people are playing with with, with kids. Uh, and another thing that you know that, that we see the left doing is indoctrination of, of young kids in school. Uh, you know, schools should be there to teach kids the ABCs, the one two threes, if you will, the facts of life the reality of things and not indoctrinating them to one ideology or, or another, you know, that, that goes, uh, you know, whether it's Republican or Democrat or left versus right, just teach the facts and, and, and allow kids to decide as their brains form, as they become uh, more involved in society, whether or not they're going to be conservative or liberal or what have you. Uh, let that come later on. Let's, when, let's let schools, even colleges and universities, let's have them just teach the, the facts, you know, what, what's the reality of things? What do they need to know? Uh, to whenever they go out in the real world uh, and, and seek a profession, uh, none of this social, you know, justice nonsense. Uh, you know, we should treat everybody equally uh, and, and with dignity and respect because they're human beings. And, and at the end of the day, you know, leave skin color out of it. 
you know, leave sex, leave, leave a sexual orientation, leave religion out of it. Uh, you know, whenever we come to come to treating somebody with dignity and respect, uh, and, and of course, if the person doesn't treat you with dignity and respect, you, you respond uh, appropriately. Uh, but at the end of the day, you be the bigger person and treat everybody else uh, as you would want to be treated. The old golden rule, if you will. Uh, you know, but the left is kind of leaving people with no choice but to respond with them, uh, respond to them in, in kind. Uh, you know, they, they're very, very vicious. Uh, you know, the whole uh, we, we, if they go low, we go high. It's completely, you know, a, a, a false premise because they're always going low. And, and not only are they always going low, uh, they're coming from behind, if you will. They're trying to take our legs out. You know, the old, uh, you know, the game that you used to play before football where you kind of go down and get behind somebody and push the other guy over. Uh, you know, fun things we used to do in middle school. Uh, but they're not even playing the fun games here. They're, they're full on uh, spearing the guy in, in the back after the whistle's blown. And, and they're doing it in a vicious way, trying not trying to hurt the person. And at the same time, they're also being the referee saying that, that there's no, no flag on the play. Uh, so, you know, this, this idea that, you know, they're above board and, and of course they're beyond reproach is, is ridiculous. They, they are a dangerous breed right now. Uh, the left is it's a, they're a flawed, destructive, evil ideology that's bent on basically controlling every facet of society. And instead of allowing people to choose what, what makes them happy, if you will, uh, the inalienable, inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You know, they, they can't allow somebody to even be born. Even if somebody's even born, uh, they're going to allow somebody to make a choice whether or not to murder a, a baby that's already been born. So, so life, as far as an inalienable right, is out the door. Uh, liberty, you know, you know they want to take away every, every uh, thing that we've ever enjoyed in, in our, our society, you know, uh, and plus take away uh, our ability to protect yourself with their Second Amendment. They also want to have controlled speech, if you will. So they want to take away our First Amendment uh, with the political correctness and, of course, uh, you know, speech codes and things like that. Uh, so, you know, our liberties are being infringed, not, not just uh, – you know, the Second Amendment, it's the First Amendment. It's also the Fourth Amendment, you know, with, uh, you know, our property rights and, uh, you know, uh, uh, civil asset forfeiture, things of that nature. So Fourth, Fifth, Sixth Amendment, our Ninth Amendments, which is, you know, basically the rights that are left to the people. Uh, Tenth Amendment is being infringed on, on a regular basis. And, of course, you have states that are uh, either too powerless to do anything or just don't care, uh, you know, because they're getting so much uh, so much uh, tax dollars from the government uh, to fund their own programs. Uh you know, so uh, if when states say, well, they're not, they're, uh, you know, they, they, they have balanced budgets, you know, look at the, the amount of money that some of these states get from the federal government uh, to balance their budgets, uh, you know, and of course, just to go along with uh, the, 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 the heavy handed of, uh, government, government programs from the federal level that infringe on the 10th Amendment, then of course, infringes on multiple uh, uh, rights that we uh, as, as citizens enjoy. So our civil rights get infringed through our state uh, by going along with the federal government in many respects. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of things that we need to look at and push back on, and it's not just a matter of left versus right or the Democrats. Uh, you know, there's Republicans that go along with a lot of this stuff too. Uh, you know, and, and, and basically, so they can say they, they're bringing home the bread, if you will, uh, to their districts uh, to, or to their states. Uh, so these are these are things that go on. And at the end of the day, they bind the hands of Americans uh, that are just trying to, uh, you know, get get along and, and, and enjoy their life. Uh, you know, as Calvin Coolidge said, all liberty is individual liberty, and I truly believe that. Uh, you know, the, the basic uh, person, as far as a, uh, gov the basic governing body, is the individual. 
you know, you have governing, governing bodies, if you will, at the county, the city, the state, and then the federal level to do certain things that the individual or, you know, local governments or states can't necessarily do for themselves. Uh, but, you know, we shouldn't be replicating a lot of these services or a lot of departments and agencies uh, just for the sake of, of saying we're, we're doing something. Because at the end of the day, we're just taking more, more money and more food out of the mouths of the American people and out of their pocketbooks. But anyway, that's kind of my little spiel there, and uh, I appreciate what, what you, you, you touched on. Uh, but let's stop the indoctrination. Let's leave more to the individual, more to the states and, and, and to the local level and, and go from there. And we would have a more prosperous nation if we would do that. I agree, buddy. I agree 100%. Todd, um, did you have, do you have some other thoughts? Uh, well, you know, I, I've got to say, if you look, I mean, I mean, Joe Biden, you know, God bless the guy. Uh, you know, like I said, when I served at the White I House. I feel bad I there, for him, man. I really do. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't even know where he is. He said the other no, day that he, he doesn't know what the office. Senate. <laughs> right. Apparently, there's two Bidens running for office, and uh you know, he doesn't remember the name of his dead kid. He goes, uh, my, my dead kid. And I'm like, what the heck? Come on, man. You know, uh, <laughs> your, your dead kid is, is, is Bo Biden, you know, uh, who was a nice guy, by the way. I met him a few times uh, whenever he was alive. Uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I served at the White House for six and a half years. And that, that half year was with the Obama administration when I was, I was with the military before I went to Iraq. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden was a nice guy. He he treated me very nicely. He treated everybody that was on, in the military uh, staff uh, with, with respect. He was always cordial and just you know uh, you know always had a pro- no problem chatting with you and having a talk with you. So I never had in, in, any issue with him or his staff. Uh, of course, I was only there for just like a few months before I left. Uh, but you know, I I hate to see that you know here's a nice guy on a personal level. You know, basically being put out there, which whether it's him wanting to run for president or people putting him up to it, uh, he, a guy with dementia uh, should be be at home in Delaware enjoying his twilight years, enjoying a successful career. If you think about it, he had a successful career because he was elected so many times uh, and, and got to cap it off by being vice president. You know, this is kind of a, a, a black eye for, for, for somebody, whether you're Republican or Democrat. It's like, Joe, just, just go on and go home. I mean, it's probably not going to happen for you. And if it does happen for you, it's because, like you said, it's a rigged process, and and they know that they can control Joe, and they'll they'll do like a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where you barely ever see the president, you know, where he's always busy in the Oval Office working, and reality is probably going to be laid up in the White House on life support, uh, something like that, you know. But I, I'm I'm joking a little bit, but you could see something like that in, in some similar way happening, though. No, I, like agree. I agree. With- yeah, kind of like. Kind of like the movie Dave, where Dave, Dave who was the president, uh, you know, the president had a stroke, and of course this guy Dave, who was an impersonator, uh, replaced him. You know, you, and I, I'm joking, of course, but you know, it's going to be something like that, where, where Joe Biden, after his uh, inaugural speech, has a has a stroke and is laid up for the next four years. But but I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But you know, you can see something like that where he's being controlled. Uh, but it, he should just go home at this point. It, it's it's really embarrassing to the nation. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, the Democrats have nobody strong on their side. I, you know, I remember growing up, you know, we used to have some reasonable Democrats running for the presidency, uh, but you, you just don't see that anymore. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, if the Democrats ever thought that they could be, beat Trump, uh, they're, they're going about it the wrong way because they have no substance. They, the only thing they have is, is, is to tear down President Trump and everything that he's done that's positive. 
And, of course, with the coronavirus, uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you can see how this is very likely something was manufactured in China, uh, perhaps as some sort of, uh, you know, um, some sort of warfare program or something like that, uh, or, or something that just, just got out of hand. And, of course, Democrats are, are blowing it well out of proportion uh, to take advantage of it, to, to make sure that the stock market uh, starts to crumble and falter, uh, to take that away from the president to run on. And, of course, they have no problem with, with, with scaring people. And if you look, listen to uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Senate minority leader, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, listen to what he talked about. Listen to what Speaker Pelosi talked about. Uh, you know, they, they didn't sit there and try to reassure Americans that, you know, there's not going to be any dangers. Things are under control. Uh, they went out there and scaremongered and basically struck fear in the hearts of a lot of Americans uh, who, who were really unsure of what the heck's going to go on. And instead of working with the President, President Trump and, of course, with the CDC uh, and the National Institute of Health and trying to figure out, you know, how can we get this thing under control and reassure Americans and keep people calm and, and, and safe, they went out there and basically scared the hell out of people because of politics. And that's the wrong way uh, to govern. That's the wrong way to, to, to represent people, whether it's in the House or the Senate. No, I agree. I agree 100%. 100%, Todd. Um, always yes, sir. I appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, stay with us. Um, everybody, we're going to take a quick commercial. Got a lot of big people coming on the show. I also have a lot of people on the panel I'm going to be getting to. Uh, Chris Bray and Jim Price as well. And we'll also be having Scott Moorefield coming on, um, Lieutenant Governor from North Carolina, Mark Robinson, as well as uh, President and Executive Director of Lifeline Children's Services, Herbie Newell. Uh, everybody, it's a beautiful, busy night on the Rory Sodder Show. We'll be right back. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. 
she's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It is a beautiful night. We have much, much to get into. Welcome back. Um, I hope everything is going well with all of you, wherever you may be listening. Uh, beautiful night here in Phoenix. Um, and I, I want to make some announcements. I'll do that later in the show. Uh, let's welcome, though. And I, I want to say right now I'm going to be welcoming I believe he's here to make sure. Uh, President and Executive Director of Lifeline Children's Services, Herbie Newell. Herbie, how are you? I'm doing great, Rory. Thanks for having me on and and being able to be a part of your listening audience. Absolutely. Well, Herbie, it's great to have you here. And and just so everybody knows, uh, coming up next, everyone, we will be having popular reporter and columnist Scott Moorfield. So excited for that. But Herbie, first time here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've got quite the resume. You've uh, been changing a lot of lives, doing a lot of great stuff for the community. Yeah, so I'm the executive director and the president for Lifeline Children's Services, and we are a U.S.-based organization that cares for orphans around the world, as well as women in the throes of a vulnerable crisis pregnancy. And so, you know, even as we saw yesterday, unfortunately, in the Senate, a couple of of bills get filibustered by the Democrats. You know, we, we want to put legs to the action of the pro-life movement by caring for women who are actually in the throes of crisis pregnancies by giving them the options uh, of life for the child that's in their womb. Uh, so we do that, and then we care as well on the other side for children in foster care here in the United States. And we have the privilege of working in 25 different countries around the world, caring for orphans and caring for children uh, who, who desperately need the support of a family. Incredible. 
Absolutely incredible. And so, so tell us, so tell us all about your company. Obviously, Lifeline is, has been around for a while. You're, you're the president and the executive director, and um, I know you guys are doing quite a bit right now. Yeah, so we have the opportunity, you know, really to, to stand on the front lines. And, and one of the things that we do is we equip families to care for the most vulnerable. And so that's through adoption. And so since 1981, uh, we have been yeah. facilitating both domestic and international adoption by placing children into families where they can see and know and be able to, to experience what it's like to have a family. Uh, these are vulnerable children who have either been orphaned because of the death of their parents or potentially because of poor choices that parents have made, maybe because of completely impoverished situations, or, or maybe these, these children have been taken away from their biological parents here in the United States because of abuse and neglect. And so we want to give all of these children an opportunity to have a home. And then the other thing that we really, uh, like I said, we, we really want to do is to take children who are orphaned and vulnerable, realizing that not every single one of them is going to be able to be adopted and putting them in the best place where they can one serve society, but also have the best life possible. And so one of the, the big things that we do as an organization is we equip you know, local churches, and not just here in the United States, but around the world, to wrap around the orphans and vulnerable children in their community by showing them uh, how to have a job, showing them life skills, uh, giving them education, helping them to truly be someone who gives to their society. And, and that's something that we're seeing, and, and we've, we've seen the Lord flourish, not just here in the United States, but around the world. Uh, I can tell you stories, and like in Uganda, where we are working with 29 deaf and vulnerable children, uh, deaf orphans there in Uganda, who now are learning computer skills, who are learning uh, architecture skills, who are learning all types of skills in order to be able to give back, to be productive, to take care of themselves. And so that's really the heartbeat of the organization is, is kind of that old conservative principle is instead of giving a man to fish, teach him how to fish, and, and realizing the most vulnerable around us especially are children, and those children that don't have families, don't have a place to incubate those skills and those abilities that they need. And, and for our ministry, being a, an organization that exalts Christ in everything that we do, we also want to know that we need to spread the love and the joy of Christ to each of these children while teaching them the practical physical skills. It's unreal. That's, it's absolutely amazing in, in what you're doing. At, you know, I give you such high praise, and it's really, really beautiful. So let me ask you this. How, how hard is it to do the job you're doing with, 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 with what the left keeps pursuing? You know, the agenda of the abortion at nine months. Let's keep putting all these terrible laws into place that affect children. Let's keep indoctrinating them with 100 different genders. Let's keep telling them at nine years old that they can be LGBT. I mean, what, like, I can imagine, I mean, you, working with youth, you, you probably deal with this stuff all the time and how these young children in a lot of different environments, whether it's abusive parents, whether it's, you know, being misled by their teachers. Uh, I mean, there's so many different variables, but is it hard to do your job with the, with the way the climate has gone politically? Well, if you really look at – history and if you look uh, and I, I want to start there if you look at history you know every oppressive regime every oppressive uh, dichotomy and ideology it all started with pressing it first upon children 
Uh, if you can take over education, if you can take over the minds of children, if you can teach them new doctrines and new ideology, then you can capture future generations. And, and really, if we look at what's happening today, uh, unfortunately, it shouldn't be a surprise because we've allowed the indoctrinization of past generations. And, and we've, we've, we've led them to believe uh, that life is not sacred. Uh, we've led them to believe that life is a choice. Uh, we've led them to believe that you value life by what life can give you as opposed to its supreme value being made uh, by a creator, being made in the image of God. And so, yes, unfortunately, all of these laws, all of these things that are happening, not just in our own country but around the world, greatly affect the work that we do. Uh, it's, it's extremely hard when you're working with women who are already struggling through pregnancies, are already struggling through lack of support from either a family, from their community, from potentially a birth father, when continually abortion laws are being elongated, uh, opportunities for abortion are, are being thrown in their face. Uh, the, the, unfortunately, as well, you know, the abortion lobby has strong marketing firms. Uh, they have a lot of political dollars to be able to get out there and to get their message in front of young women. And then I really believe as a pro-life agenda, we have lost the marketing battle. And it's not it, – we obviously, it's not just a marketing battle, but we've lost that marketing ba battle. The pro-choice side wants to say, well, we're pro-choice. You know, we're pro-woman. Uh, you know, we're a woman's right to choose. We're about women's health care. And I can just tell you from over 17 years in this battle that women who have had abortions are scarred mentally, physically. They're, they're scarred emotionally. And so to say that it's pro-woman to, uh, to, to fester this idea of abortion, uh, it's, it's right. just it's ironic. It's, it's, it's a lie, right. and certainly it affects those women that, that we work with. And, you know, so many of the right. women that end up coming and seeking our services are those that have had abortions, and, and they, they, they regret the decisions that they make. It, it was one of the hardest things and most horrifying things that they've ever done. But again and again, right. the, the machine of marketing continues to redefine what abortion is. I don't know if you saw today right. that, that CNN, there's this botched abortion, and they say fetus survives abortion. Again, the marketing term is don't call it a life. Call it anything but a life. Uh, and, right. and if you notice and, and you hear you know, the debates, you hear uh, you know, left-leaning politicians, they don't even use the word abortion anymore. It's a woman's right to choose. It's being pro-choice. Right. Um, it, it's not abortion anymore. Why? Because abortion means to stop a life. And so when you use a word that means to stop a life, that's an offensive word. And so I believe as pro-life people, we not only need to really begin to press upon to say being pro-life is pro-woman, it's pro-family, it's pro-child, but we also need to press upon about our action where we're showing that not only do we want abortion to end, not only do we want the heinous holocaust of children who are being uh, you know, killed each and every day in our country and around the world. You know, you talked about India and the president's visit. 39 million babies last year were aborted in India. 39 million babies. This is not just a problem here in our country. It's a problem around right. the world. And, well, we and we've got to start winning this debate by our action. And, and, now, I'm not saying we stop our rhetoric, but it can't just be rhetoric. It's also got to be our action. And we look at, we look at how – I mean it's it really – how the left has publicized it and how they've portrayed it. That they've sell, They're celebrating abortion, and you're right. It's really one of the most horrific 
you know, one of the most, you know, scariest and and one of the most emotional things to go through. But it, I can't even believe the fact that there's all these people out there that brag about abortion. I mean, the, the, the left is so unhinged with their talk of that and the whole nine-month thing. And, I mean, look at how big of a business it's become. That's, that's really the disgusting part. They've made so much money of slaughtering babies. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. You know, these Democrat politicians get all this money from Planned Parenthood, and we know this. We know this. It's a business. It's, it's not about morality for them. It's not about being a human. It's about a very dark agenda. Yeah, and I, I think if you want to see that uh, just displayed in real time, you know, I, I go back to September 11th, 2001, and we know the horrific acts and the loss of life that happened on that day. And in New York City, right. the Empire State Building, uh, you know, all the right. lights were shut down, uh, and, and these big lights came from these gaping holes, and it was we will never forget. And, and the reason that as a country we were grieved about September 11th was not only because terrorists had, had done these acts on our country, but it was because of the loss of life. I mean, we were, we were gripped by, by seeing men and women jumping out of Twin Towers. We were, we were gripped with this idea of people at the Pentagon who were there to defend our country who were killed mercilessly. But then yet, fast forward, and, and, and not just not even a year ago, New York passes one of the most oppressive abortion bills ever. And the same Empire State Building and World Trade Center are turned pink to celebrate that, that New York had passed a law to kill life in the womb and to, to make it so that it was so expansive that any life was, was no longer safe inside of what should have been the safest place in the world, their, their mother's womb. And so, yes, we, we have our priorities mixed up in this country, and, and I believe, and, and what I want your listeners to believe, is that ultimately what, what, what wells up in us to say this is wrong is we were created in the image of a creator. And because we were created in that image of a creator, there is an innate response in us that goes, that's wrong. That's not right. That's inhumane. And, and, yeah, and we yeah. look – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, look at how they've targeted the minority communities. Look at how, you know, and, and I say this all the time. If black lives really mattered like the left likes to say, then why are they killing all these black babies at Planned Parenthood? Why are they always targeting minority communities? Look at all these abortions that keep occurring, and it's, it's sad, and it, it, it doesn't end. Um, and, you know, we're seeing all, all this money being funded to Planned Parenthood, and, you know, we got all these pro-life people like yourself fighting for the, for the right cause. And it just seems like, you know, they, these, these companies on the left get, you know, obviously they diminish in certain areas, but they get stronger in other ways. And I just don't know what the answer is. I mean, we need to stop having taxpayers pay for abortions. We need to stop getting all this federal money to Planned Parenthood. Um, but solutions need to be made. You know, uh, obviously Trump is the best pro-life president we've ever seen. Uh, we've saved a lot more babies. He's given a lot more great uh, regulations and deregulations uh, to this situation. But in the long run, the, the ultimate conclusion, I, want, I really, that's what I want. You know, Herbie, I want an ultimate conclusion. I want something that, you know, can leave us all at a happy medium. Because even stuff like Roe versus Wade, I think is, I think it's dirty. I think Roe versus Wade is evil in, in, a certain, in a certain aspect. I just think there's certain things that 
Um, yeah, it's backwards. It really is. And, you know, they, they, they say they're for the minority communities, but they, you know, the most amount of babies they kill every year are minorities. And just everything is so I, – I, I hate the fact of an innocent little baby losing, losing a life. And, you know, the woman's always say, oh, well, my choice, my choice. Well, is eight weeks not enough time? Is ten weeks not enough time for you to choose? I'm just – I can't take these people seriously, you know. They, they they do they say one thing but then they act a total different it's it's crazy your thoughts though Herbie yeah and I, yeah if you look back at the at Planned Parenthood Margaret Sanger uh, has been quoted over and over again with extremely racist quotes of trying to really just blot out the African American race from the face of the United States of America. Uh, the latest census data would show you that the number one cause of death by African-Americans is abortion. Uh, and, and so we know that, that certainly abortion is not a friend to African-Americans. On the other hand, I think when you go back to what needs to be done, and, and I certainly uh, am going to show my ideology and my belief. You know, I believe we need to hit our knees in prayer. We need to pray to the God who created the babies inside the wombs, and we need to ask him to change the hearts and the minds and the souls of the people of our country and around the world. And I think then the next thing we really have to do is we have to start getting into action. And we have to show that we're pro-life, yes, by the way we vote. We're pro-life, yes, by the way that we lobby for laws. But we're also pro-life in the way that we do action. And I go back to the Bible because that's where I draw my strength and my hope. And the Bible says that faith without action is dead. And so if I truly have faith in a God, then I'm going to act out and defend life in all ways. And so, yes, I need a lobby. Yes, I need to, to speak out, but I also need to be active. I need to be active for that child next door who doesn't have a dad. I need to be active next door for that child who's in foster care. I need to be active to in to my communities. I need to go into other parts of neighborhoods and other parts of my town, and I need to volunteer, and I need to love on and train and mentor. And I believe if we start to show that we love life that's living the breath that we're breathing as much as we love life that's in the womb, I believe that we'll really start to see hearts and minds of this generation change. And we've, we've got to get to the young people. And one last thing I'll just say is, you know, the positive thing about the millennial generation and some of the younger folks that are living is they are becoming much more pro-life because science is starting to show them that this isn't just a mass of tissues, but this truly is a baby with a heartbeat and with lungs that are, be, that are, are processing. Um, and and, and they're, they're having a glimpse into the womb to see that this is real life. And so I believe if we show them uh, uh, not hypocrisy, but we show them a complete whole life pro-life view by saying we're going to care for that life in the womb as much as we care for life outside of the womb, then I believe we can truly start to, to take back the hearts and the souls of those in our country and, and prayerfully around the world. Absolutely. And I want to ask you, you know, when you go around the world and, and see all these different cultures and all these kids, what's it like, man? I mean, it probably like just like a, a whole different universe right i mean it's quite quite different right yeah certainly you know i've had the opportunity uh you know interestingly enough you're talking about the coronavirus i've had the opportunity to go into orphanages in wuhan and hubei province i've I've had the opportunity to go just a couple of weeks ago to orphanages and, and to see vulnerable children in india and i've been throughout africa to see vulnerable children and 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 it's a it, it certainly is a sad thing, especially when you realize that most of those children are in these institutions 
for one of two reasons. One, because their parents are completely impoverished, living off less than a dollar a day, and they can't take care of their children. And they've, they've really come to a place of no other uh, solution but to, to give them over to an orphanage or, or to give them over the streets. Or, or then number two, which may be the scariest, is you see oppressive regimes who are uh, who, who have who had one-child policies or who have had uh, opportunities to oppress their people in such a way that they have no other choice but to let their children go. Uh, and so I, I certainly it, – it's, it's heartbreaking, it's hard, it's difficult – um, because I believe that, that children were made for families, not for institutions, not for the streets, and not to fend on their own. The most vulnerable need someone to stand up for them, to speak for them, and to care for them. And, and so certainly, you know, over these last years, the hardest thing to do is to go into these populations of, of children that, that are devoid of care, devoid of family, uh, and to advocate for them. But the hope is we do see the church and for our ministry, raising up around the world and caring for orphans, like it says in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 27, that pure and undefiled religion is to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unsaved from the world. We are seeing churches around the world rise up and care for their children. Right now, I have a team that was sent to our organization in Colombia, deep in the Amazon forest in the jungle, where there are tons of orphan and vulnerable children, and they are equipping uh, church members. They're equipping the Church of Colombia to care for these orphan and vulnerable children there in the Amazon basin. And so it's, it's encouraging. It's sad, always, but it's also encouraging to see the response of the church and to see the response of, of God's people rise up and care for the most vulnerable. Amen. Amen, man. Well, I, dude, I love, I love having you on. This is really an honor. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, and I want to get you back, definitely, but tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find your work, what stuff you have coming up, uh, stuff you're working on, all that good stuff. Yeah, and so we just released a, a book called Image Bears, and certainly if folks would want to learn more, it really does tackle, you know, kind of the abortion issue throughout America by looking historically at the issue as well as currently at the issue, but asking ourselves the questions, what can we do now uh, to advocate for life and to advocate, and really even like you said, to help try to turn back this this, this, this carnage that we see through the abortion, and not only by our advocacy, but also by our action. And that's Image Bears, and they can go to Amazon or ImageBearsBook.com. And then to connect with Lifeline, uh, they can always go to Lifeline Child on any social media outlet. Again, that's Lifeline Child or LifelineChild.org. Herbie, I, I loved having you on. Uh, really, really a pleasure. Um, let's definitely talk soon. Sounds good. I appreciate it. God bless. Alrighty. God bless, my friend. Thank you. Uh, I do. I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. I want to make sure we have popular reporter and co- columnist Scott Morefield. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Rory? Doing very well. First time on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, I. Uh, I'm a. I do marketing during the day i've been doing that for 20 well i've been working at the same company for 20 years and uh kind of started getting really interested in politics or writing about politics before you know at the end of the obama administration when trump started running really getting into that and just sort of 
made a career switch and and uh, started a part time job doing that, and it's just led to some neat things. I love it. I love it. Tell tell us tell us the. I know you're you're reporting for various outlets. Who who are you working for primarily at this point? Um, I do nights and weekends at the Daily Caller, and basically cover politics and media. Um, I love it. Happens Tucker, Tucker Carlson, Tucker yeah. Carlson's company. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If something happens that's interesting on Tucker, I'll usually be covering it, me or somebody else uh, from from the caller. So we uh, we love to cover Tucker, Martha McCallum. Um, we also like CNN, so you guys don't have to. So that that kind of uh, we we try to cover interesting things there that happen, interesting exchanges, and just get it out to you know not everybody can sit down and watch this stuff. So we try to get that out to to people that can share it the next day and look at the relevant clips and pass it around and stuff like that. So it really kind of helps get the word out. So I do that on at night and weekends, and uh, I have a column at Town Hall on Mondays that comes out. So and that's where I can do my opinion because I'm, I don't really do my opinion on the Daily Caller. It's just straight-up news. Tucker does give his opinion, so I'd love to share that, but uh, we share it, uh, you know, in a news format. And, and I'll tell you, I do love the Daily Caller. It's it's one of the outlets that's becoming more and more evolved, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And I like where it's go, going. It's growing. It's fair. It's balanced. Uh, it like yeah. you said, it really gets to it gets to the whole the whole part of the story. Uh, t- tell us though, like you guys are uh, you guys are doing a lot of stuff in terms of uh, it just keeps getting more popular. I know a lot of more subscribers. I know that uh, you guys have a lot of plans for the future. Um, it keeps hiring more employees. Yeah, uh, there's a the media division is, is pretty big. They 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 really love to do the satire videos and the, a lot of interviews, a lot of a lot of uh, media commentary. So that's really come up lately. Um, as far as they also have a Patriots division where you can uh, you know give a little bit. It's, I think it's like. Five dollars a month. It's it's not much, and it helps support the foundation and the caller, and uh, and brings kind of unique content. So a lot of that content is more um, just really high, higher level stuff, and they call we call that the Daily Caller Patriots. So anybody that wants to support the the uh, website can do it that way. And a lot of websites are going to that. Town Hall has their version of it too. So, um, but and they they'll have interviews that are just really specific just to just for patriots also um but uh yeah it's it's pretty pretty wide ranging and and what's interesting is it's very much uh, like you said it's fair now if you're a lefty you're not going to think it's fair because you know to them unless you're skewing that way you're uh you're a lot right winger so uh but with us we try to cover it i mean the things that we cover is as far as the copy, it's pretty much going to be like a Reuters piece. It's going to cover it, but, you know, the trick is what we choose to cover everything, not just one side. I love it. I love it. Amen. And, um, you know, I want to ask you, so being in the, being in the journal, you know, the jur- journalism world and, and being a reporter and working at these stations and, you know, you, you go all, all, you go all in depth. Like you, you really get, you know, into every single detail, and I'm sure you sure. You, you you do you go on the scene and stuff. It, the way journalism has kind of transformed into, you know, so many 
dishonest outlets out there. So many people are just writing stuff that are opinions and not necessarily true. It's about being first. And, you know, what's been the biggest shocking and, and biggest kind of surprising and, and, and upsetting thing about for you uh, in, in the journalism industry, especially with how divi- divided it's become? I mean, look at, look at where we are with journalism. I mean, the, the reliable sources oh. and all the, it's a mess. <laughs> and you can't, you can't trust anything unless you keep looking at various outlets. I mean, I, I don't ever trust the first thing I read. I mean, all these people keep sharing random news outlets that they don't even check. And, you know, it's all yeah. it's fake news. I mean, it, it's crazy how and, – and another thing, look at what they're getting away with when they slander people, when they write stuff about people's families or, you know, when they want to attack somebody's yeah. character that's not necessarily true. It's insane. But your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know how careful we are. Um, even, you know well, – Yeah, Daily Caller is was... great, but just the, just the other people, like the other companies around Oh, us. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say, you know, we're careful, I'm like, you know, the stuff that they get away with being major networks and the stuff that they, they allow themselves to publish, um, that, a lot of that stuff we, we wouldn't go with because uh, we can't source it by this many or, or there will be something that runs with, you know, two anonymous sources – and you know we see that, and we're like, we're not running that because it's an honestly source. And then it turns out, oh, it was it was hogwash or whatever. But uh, you know, the Washington Post, they, they'll they'll um, they'll run it if uh, just on the basis of something like that. Um, you, I tell you, you should go to the site. Um, I actually just finished the the piece before uh, getting on your show. Um, William Barr delivered probably. One of the best speeches you'll ever read or listen to today um, at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. It was absolutely spot on, and the uh, it's it's at the top left of the of the caller site. But uh, the um, the focus that I took was him slamming the media um, because basically, you know, he talked about. It's funny that it got right into the topics you're you're getting into. But he called the media massively consolidated and remarkably monolithic in viewpoint. And what he says is that basically the media is now working to um, – it's no longer effective in preventing the tyranny of the majority. So basically the media is just becoming this block vote for the liberal majority, and they're just pushing that agenda, and it's dangerous. Um, and so basically you know, his speech – If you read and listen to the whole thing, he talks about three things, religion, decentralization of government power, and the free press, and those to him are bulwarks against the slide toward despotism, and uh, and he just goes into detail on each one. You know, discusses federalism, how important that is to make decisions at the local level. I mean it was so spot on. uh, It was amazing, but it should be required listening. It it really should be, and I'm not even – I'm not even exaggerating whatsoever. Check it out. I love it. I, I love it. Well, I'm going to have to check it out because I, lo- I love A.G. Barr. I think he's doing a great job. And I think yep. here's the, the million-dollar question uh, for, for you, uh, Scott, is that what would you do if you were in charge? Let's just say you had authority uh, to hold other journalists accountable for what they write, what they put out there. I mean, they, there has to be some level of responsibility. Don't you agree? I, I don't know what the option is, and I don't want to be like communist China with media. I don't want to go that far, like go overly 
nuts with it, but there needs to be something. Yeah. How would you go about this? What would you do? Well, well, we we spend a lot of time exposing it, and a lot of the pieces that we do cover other media for stuff like that. Um, and I'll sometimes I'll pick up that stuff on Saturdays, um, you know, because that's I'm not on during the day during the week, but I know that they right. cover that stuff, and I and uh, you know CNN, you know, reliable sources comes up and says something ridiculous or stupid or whatever. I mean, they just they show their bias every day, um, and everybody does have bias. I get it. Um, but you know, report the truth and and report that there's another side to it. But they 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 don't seem to care for that. And, and then if there uh, if there is somebody that's conservative in in the media, they get pushed out or uh, or uh, ostracized or whatever. But I think there's just got to be exposure. I'm not big on the whole Facebook, uh, you know, big tech. Oh, we're going to decide what the truth is, and then if it, because they'll use that against us. I mean, you know. To them, you know, to the left, truth is not objective; it's subjective. So, right. you know, we can't let the left decide what the truth is. Um, we just have to report the truth and let um, and let the people decide. But uh, yeah, I think they should lose credibility for sure. And and you know, they've lost audience. Right. They've lost audience for sure. We know that CNN's lost audience. Um, oh but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a rabid left that's going to listen to him no matter what. But yeah, they, they're losing audience. No, that's for sure. That's for that's for real. That's for absolute sure. Um, Scott, let's yeah. get you back soon. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get your sure. uh, read your stuff, all that. All yeah, that fun. Sh- sure. Uh, yeah, my town hall comes out on Mondays. Any time at the Daily Caller, usually it's at night. It's media stuff. Um, Scottmorefield.com, and then my Twitter is skmorefield. So. Um, yeah, follow me there if uh, if you're interested. I post a lot of video. I try to usually if I cover something, I'll try to post the video or at least some of it so people can can check it out that way. Perfect. Well, Scott, I love having you on. Let's talk soon. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's go to Jim Price. Jim Price Show. Jim, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, buddy. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Patriots. Good evening, America, and anyone else out there in conservative land that seems to be listening tonight. I tell you what, we have got so much going on in our great country, but yet we're going to be drugged down by a virus in a third world country, and I call China a third world country. But my idea is saying, why are we paying attention to this? In the state of Kansas, 11 kids have died from influenza since the beginning of the year, but you don't hear that on the national news. But the coronavirus, which was already on the back of the Lysol packaging is going to kill us today. I, I don't get the hysteria. I don't get why we want to sit there and fear monger. If we're not paying attention to what this is, it's just another scare tactic. We're going to say that something that's transmitted by fluid exchange is now going to be the pandemic that ends us all. I mean, how simple-minded do we have to be at this? And I know that doesn't agree with everybody's line of thought on this thing that's going to end the world or whatever, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, we also have to look at the idea that what about SARS? What about Ebola? What about the, the swine flu, the bird flu? All these things were going to kill all of us. It was going to be the end of the world as we know it, and here we still are talking about it. But yet we're going to spend $2.5 billion to reinforce our CDC against it, but the problem is is that now Schumer and Pelosi are saying that the apathetic uh, response to a crisis that's so pandemic 
They want to spend $8.5 billion, but we haven't even spent $5 billion of the Ebola budget that was given to us. So what are they doing with all these billions that they got laying around, that they're throwing around, like so much just change, and yet they're saying that Trump is not responding well or it's not going the way we should? I mean, this is this is what the left is the best at. This is what the deep state's the best at. This is what the swamp is the best at. We have a, a bunch of people running around trying to dictate our lives that have nothing to do with an elected official or what's best for us. Look at the payoffs that we've got in Ukraine. Have you noticed that the Ukraine story, the Pelosi uh, push for all that, has all of a sudden just died? Well, I thought it was so dang important to make sure that Trump was held accountable for his abuse of power and his leverage over Ukrainian president. Where is that at? But the right, fact is that we started exposing the money. With something new. It's always a new storyline right. for them. But when it starts getting too close to the truth about Biden and his son getting paid off or Pelosi and her son getting paid off or Mitt Romney's boy getting paid off or John Kerry's son getting paid off by Ukrainian uh, – Energy companies. So I'm using quotes on that. I mean, look at where, look at the people crying the loudest. Look at the people who are whining the most. And when they are the most, they are the most guilty. I, I, I see it daily, where the people that want to say that everybody else is doing it wrong are actually the ones that are doing it wrong. They're the actually ones that are abusing power. They're the ones using the pit, the tit for tat. That they're sitting there trying to. Oh, I need this for this two man saw. Here, get my son on the board, and I'll make sure you guys get the money. And I've talked about this on your show before, Rory. What about the $5 billion loan that went directly from the U.S. Treasury to Ukraine to a Ukrainian company called Burisma? And the next day after the wire transfer was done, Burisma on their books showed a $5 billion loss. And the same guy who owns it wasn't allowed to even be uh, in his own country. He was exiled out of his own country because of fraud. Yet – Nobody's talking about this, but this is the same money that Biden approved and pushed through on the Obama administration. Where did that $5 billion go? Why aren't we talking about it? Why are we talking about a coronavirus that's on the back of a Lysol can that we already got in our, our grocery store right today? Look at what's going on. What are they distracting us from? Why is it Japan's going to go ahead and have the Summer Olympics? If this is such a pandemic, if it's a, such a, a huge health crisis, then why are you going to bring – soccer players and track runners and all this other stuff from all around the world, condense them all to one spot in South Asia, uh, why would you do that? You wouldn't do that with your elite uh, sports figures if there really was a health crisis. But here we are. We're having this simple conversation, and you were just talking about a minute ago about the whole idea of abortions. You know, Rory, we have a situation where the New York State actually – aborted more black babies than were born in 2018. Nobody's paying attention to that. These are the things that are over and over and over again right here, right out in front of us. Obama, I, you made a comment about Obama being um, <laughs> having a white mama. Well, she was actually from Kansas. She was from El Dorado. And her family and her mysteriously died right before Obama went to presidency. How is it that both – of your grandparents and your mother all die within months of each other before you go to become a president. But one question I have to ask you and your listeners, did you see the one comment from a very well-known lady that talked about fashion member Joan Rivers? Joan Rivers gave an interview or gave a comment to the fact that Obama was our first gay president. Right, and Michelle was a tranny. Remember that? 
<laughs> yeah. And she said she says that, and two and a week and a half later, she dies uh, getting a right. uh, a um, little nose job, little in office procedure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hate to be the tinfoil guy anymore, but the problem is, is every time I keep looking down the hole, it gets deeper, and 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 it's there, and it's right in front of my face, and I can't ignore where the money's going, where the pay to play is going. There is so much corruption. I see it in the local levels, and I see it at the state level, and I'm seeing it at the federal government and internationally. Look at what the UN does. Look at the crap and the propaganda they push around the world. And you talk about LGBT crap, it is crap. The problem is I have direct family members that quote-unquote chose that lifestyle as a kid, and I watched them in their broken logic trying to figure out where someone did them wrong, so now they're going to choose the, the same sex because they were hurt back in high school. Well, get over it. You know, nobody did. Yeah. They'll just change that way. And, and, and even if you did it as an adult, that's fine. That's your choice. But you're talking about – you were sitting there talking about celebrities doing this stuff to a kid. Well, how broken is yeah. the woman? Isn't there a, a syndrome where a parent will make a child sick, habitually sick? It's like a Munchausen or something, some syndrome where the parent will constantly make the kid sick because they want the attention. Well, isn't you putting right. your son in girls' clothes a version of abuse? But because under the guise of LGBT, it's a sexual preference. But if you were whooping that kid with a stick, it would be called child abuse. But you're going to put him in, yeah. child, in girls' clothes and call him a girl's name? Why is that not yeah. abuse? Because it's what, under a sexual preference thing? No. It's ridiculous. No, Jim, Jim, it's ridiculous. Jim, it's absolutely insanity. It really is. Um, I want you to join us um, uh, tomorrow. I'm going to close out the show here in the next two minutes, three minutes. But okay. um, I want tell everybody where they can find your show, get in contact with you, all that good stuff. All right. So it's the Jim Price Show. Look it up on Facebook. You can look it up on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and also iTunes. I download all my stuff on iTunes on podcasts. You can listen to it without commercial breaks. My radio show is on there. Uh, well, quick announcement. I am going to start doing – uh, a daily hour show um, It's going to be just me Talking about the daily The little quips of the day The little BS that they're trying to feed us The stuff that we've got to be able to digest better And understand what's really going around us And maybe even a few, few things about Q here and there But what I'll be doing is just a little snippets Throughout the, the week each night And then our, my weekly radio show On Saturdays It's the Jim Price show It's real easy to look up Go ahead, i got to uh, a merchandising uh, website called the No Coast Surf Shop because we're here in Kansas. There's a little coast around, so I can't do much surfing. But uh, look us up, uh, support us. I, I am. I, I got a lot of great people out there helping me out, doing a lot of great things, and a, little, a few extra listeners wouldn't hurt. Perfect. Well, thank you. well Jim, always a pleasure. So, we always love when you join us. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Chris Bragg, go ahead. I know you have some final thoughts. I'm sure you I know you've been listening. Go ahead. I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah, Rory, real quick. Uh, I know everybody watched that Democratic uh, debate the other night, which was a, a train way, wreck, as even the Democrats have described. You, you know, I, and, I, and I thought I, I heard wrong when Joe Biden said 150 million people have been killed in the United States since 2007 from guns. And I'm thinking, well, that's about half the population of the United States. Of course, he certainly didn't mean that number, but you got to believe Joe Biden has got, you know, early stage dementia going on here. 
I frankly would look forward to Bernie Sanders winning the nomination. I think the Democrats would keep him from doing that, but I think he'd be an easy defeat for Trump. It would be a landslide. So I'm all for Bernie, you know, winning because his supporters are mostly young college students that don't have anything invested in the world or the economy, don't own anything. So they see freebies coming, and that's all good to them because it's not going to cost them anything. They're going to be the recipients of stuff. So you can understand that that biased viewpoint. But you know, I think Sanders has hung himself, especially you know if you he would go down to Miami and try and run. You know, all the Cuban refugees that came across in the boats, you know, they all want to hang him right now. So he lost a lot of people, I think, there last night. I, I personally hope he wins that nomination, though. But getting back to uh, another topic your, you and your guests t- talked on tonight, the coronavirus thing, I want to tell everybody, you know, Fox News announced the other, night, the other day, you can just watch all the, the news stations had the same numbers. 35,000 people died of the flu last year, the common flu. So why is coronavirus such a scary thing? You know, frankly, I, I think it's the Democrats working with the liberal media pushing this up because they lost the Russian hoax. They lost the Ukraine thing. They've got to find something else to unseat Trump between now and November. They tried to, to actually initiate a recession. Back in August, they tried that. Uh, and it failed and filtered. It, it went. It fizzled. It went nowhere. Uh, and, and yeah, the markets dropped 2,000 points. But let me tell you, everybody who's a stock market investor, and I've been in the stock market since 1981. I've been a, a religious in, investor. I've seen the market. I've lived through every up and down that has occurred for for 39 years. And let me tell you what, I'm on the good side. Yes, the other day when it was falling, I was doing some selling too. But guess what? I got a lot of money sitting on the sidelines just waiting for the fear factor to go away. Because anybody who knows anything about the stock market knows it's emotionally driven. It's also driven by performance and reports that come out of the companies. But it's an emotional driven thing as well. And people are scared because the media is making them scared. It will bounce back. If you are a long-term investor like I am, it's going to come back. Guarantee it, right. you know, just like in 2009, it's going to bounce back. And when it bounces back, it'll bounce back quickly, and it'll bounce back hard, and it'll go higher than it was when it started dropping. A uh, yeah. couple right. other little things I just want to talk about. You know, you, you all touched briefly on racism in, in this country. You know, a, a good quote from Denzel, or excuse me, Morgan Freeman that I read today. You know, and I love Morgan Freeman. I, you know, he's a, he's a good conservative. And he said, stop talking about race, and we won't have a race problem. I'm paraphrasing exactly what he said, but it was words to that effect. That's, that's the right. bottom line. Him and Denzel Washington, I love them to death because right. Denzel's a strong conservative celebrity in Hollywood, not afraid to, to come out and say that, that he is that way. Uh, you, you know, I'm I, looking no, past Trump's going to win this, this coming November. Uh, Trump's going to win. I'm concerned about who's going to get it thereafter. I hope. Ivanka comes into the, the fold, Nikki Haley. Any, you know, if we want right. to bring in a, a woman because there hasn't been a woman president, those are two people I'd like to see. No, I hear you. I hear you. We need to keep the Trump legacy going, uh, whether that's Don Jr., A- whether that's absolutely. Ivanka, whether it's Eric. Um, 100%. Where can people find you? Tell everybody. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Bracey2. Or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, just look for Christopher Bray. 
All right, buddy. God bless you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Um, everybody, I, I do want to go to – actually, I want to go to Todd before I close the entire show. Todd, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, you can connect with me at Todd for House on Twitter. That's T-O-D-D, the number 4, H-O-U-S-C. Uh, website is also ToddForHouse.com, T-O-D-D, number 4, H-O-U-S-C.com. Check me out there. Our Facebook page will launch uh, very soon. Uh, look forward to everybody uh, supporting the campaign, whatever we're going to be doing. It's going to be coming out soon. Uh, thank you, Rory. Look forward to being on the next show. Absolutely, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Bye now. All righty, everybody. Um, it's been a fantastic show tonight. I want to uh, I want to thank all of you. Uh, you are all incredible. I will see you all tomorrow night. Another big show planned. Until then, have a great rest of your night. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. Cheers.